tired. So tired. Overtired. You're listening to Overtired. But Terpstra is out because he like had to get surgery or something. I don't know. Fake road. Anyway, I'm Christina Warren and I'm here with the amazing Ashley Esqueda. Ashley, how are you? I just, I don't know if there's like a maybe cosmic exhaustion. Like that's, I'm going to go ahead and upgrade this episode of Overtired to Cosmic Exhaustion. Cosmic Exhaustion. Okay. So that's what the, that's what the podcast is called for this episode. Just welcome to, welcome to Cosmic Exhaustion with Ashley and Christina. Yes. Yes. Just, just a, just a perpetual state of exhaustion. Just everything is exhausting. (laughs) Everything. It's just like all the time. The internet is exhausting, Christina. <laughs> it's exhausting. Okay, talk to me about that. Like, what are some of the things that are are leaving you so cosmically exhausted? I think yesterday, I you know, I think watching Jeff Bezos touch the edge of space, uh, you know, while we've got teachers who have Amazon wish lists full of stuff they need for the school year that Jeff Bezos could literally just fulfill out of pocket for. Right. Nothing for literally. I mean, he would not even notice a dent he in his bank account. Notice. He'd get a tax write off. He would get a tax write off. Like just like I saw at the end, like the hundred million dollar fund, whatever. That's fine. Like Van Jones is already rich, so I don't know what who that helps. Like I'm fine, but like I think it would have been better for Jeff Bezos to have. And I know the, the reason that he did that was the optics of it, right? It's like you, oh, you're spending all this money to like fly your weird penis rocket up into space (laughs) but it's like i knew you he knew when he came back down there would be the the discourse right it's like the discourse of how much money he has versus the you know haves and have nots and income inequality and all that stuff so he knew he had to come back down and bring something so he did that like big oh i'm we're gonna give a hundred million dollars to certain you know conversation makers who are trying to make the world a better place whatever blah blah Um, blah but really, all he had to do was be like, if you're a teacher and you qualify, you can submit. He, and he had how much time to work on this? Just so much time. He had over a year. I think we knew this was happening for a long right. time. Months, at least. Um, and it's not like he doesn't have the money to throw at an accelerated development pace. To say, if you're a teacher, submit your credentials. And if you are verified as a, as a, an educator... Amazon is going to wipe out your wish list and send everything you need to you, to you up for the school year up to a certain dollar amount, five thousand dollars or whatever, right? What have you? Uh, I don't I don't know how much. I'm not a teacher, so I don't know how much money they would need every year. But I know it's a significant enough amount of money that they need to put a, put together an Amazon wish list. So um so yeah, I think that would have been maybe more impactful. Like it just feels like a thing. Like I I don't know. I I felt like um. You know, it's nice giving $100 million to one person, but why not, you know, instead of once again, like this is an inequality like thing, like why not just spread that $100 million out to all the teachers who have, you know, really significant wish lists and need them for the school year, especially with the pandemic. They have to get, you know, extra cleaning supplies and I got right. so much extra stuff that they have to have that we are not providing them. So I just feel like it's, um, you know, good good for you, Jeffrey Bezos. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And the thing is, is that if he did that, that would have been such a huge PR win also for Amazon because yeah. they could have been like, oh, well, you know, um, you know, because 
you have to be an Amazon, like it has to be an Amazon wish list, right? Sure. And and we're we're doing all this stuff where we're helping people, you know, uh, we're we're helping the teachers, we're helping helping the community, whatnot. Like it yeah. really would have played well. Like you're you're dead on. That would have been so much smarter. Just say you're starting approach. a grant for an annual teachers an annual teachers fund. Just be like right. every year if you're if you're a qualified teacher, your yes. your employment has been verified. Yeah, which they Your do Amazon anyway, I think, with some clear. of their, like, their prime education and, yeah, yeah, and other, yeah. like, programs. Like, they yeah. have a way to verify that. They they can do it. It's uh, Amazon has the money and the, and the, they have the manpower, the person power to do this, to, to verify employment. And every year, they can do it every year. They can verify, re-verify employment every year. Comic-Con does it every year. So I totally. think that they, I think Amazon can do it. I think it would and, be fine. It, 100%. I mean, they could even go a step further if they wanted to be, I mean, this, this wouldn't cover everybody, but it would be also kind of a boon for them. It'd be like, your school has to register with Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Your school has to register Great. with Amazon. Okay, Perfect. you know what? Cool. Like that's, that seems acceptable. Um and so, I don't know. I, I feel like that's uh, that would be a, a completely would have been nice right? thing to do. It would have been nice a, I, in I'm an alternate you. universe in a in a post Loki uh, branching timeline. <sighs> it would have been a very nice nexus event for teachers. That would have been a nice nexus event. You know, we didn't see a lot of that in Loki about like timelines where things seem to be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all worse, right? So that's—is that the message everyone's trying to send us? It's like, hey guys, like um, maybe just accept this timeline because it, it, in all the other, it's so much worse, and at least fifty yeah. percent of them. <laughs> but like, but that seems weird, right? Like that doesn't seem. Yeah, like where's the? See, I okay. Can we talk about the end of Loki? Are we allowed to do spoilers? Yeah, let's totally talk about the end of Loki. Okay, um, listeners, if you watch Loki on Disney Plus and you haven't caught up in the last couple of weeks. I will put in the show notes what time you can listen to it again, but we're going to now do, get into spoiler time. So, so let's let's talk about it. Just just really briefly, I like I don't think we have to get too deep into it and too deep even into the spoilers. But it's like I think the end, basically, you know the I'll try to be vague. The char- the the character they encounter him and Sylvie encounter at the end, mm-hmm. um, basically offers them everything they want. Right to the oh what right. what can you what can you possibly want. And the thing is, is I know that this is sort of like a Loki who, this is not the same Loki that went through all of the events of, like, Infinity War, Endgame. That's not, this is the Loki that came from the end of the first Avengers. Exactly. So he's not a really a good guy yet. And it, it seems like this transformation of him to being this, like, sort of kind of good guy, they, they sort of leaned a little bit on... Um, they leaned a little bit on on the the last past yeah the, the last phase. Yeah, 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 last no, I, yeah. That you're right, you're right. Um, because to dangle, like, why not show him a world in which he rules? Show him that. Like, I want to see that. I want to see that world. Like you mentioned, like, why don't we see these things? And it's like to see that would have been such an incredibly tempting thing for that Loki. Like, for that Loki, it would have been such an incredibly tempting tempting thing and it felt like he didn't even really um grapple with it for longer than a second right like i know that it's about his feelings about sylvie and like you know he says in the end he's like i just want you to be okay like that's what he wants more than anything it reminded me of um the mirror of erised from harry potter <laughs> it's like his greatest desire has now changed he sees something different now it's, it's sylvie sylvie is you know, her being okay is is his greatest wish 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a good point. And it's also, um, I mean, I think they tried to play off like his, I guess, coming to terms and like becoming a better person by showing him, you know, uh, stuff about his mother and stuff in the future Mm -hmm. and like kind of like letting him go through that process. But you're right. It was pretty fast. I was willing to give them a break for that because, you know, six episodes. Sure. But you are correct in so far as like then we're at the end of the six episodes and the characterization. It's like the writers forgot, oh, this is not the same Loki from, um, uh, he wasn't in Endgame. Um, what was? Uh, Infinity War. Infinity I, War, I yeah. Think, I think that you mentioned the whole like he sees his whole life, like his future life, like flash before his eyes. But for, you know, for all intent and purposes, that's exactly what it is. Um, and he sees, you know, his, the death of his mother and the, you know, all this other stuff that he causes. So I do think that there is a, um, there is something to be said for, like, having to experience that all in one, like, piece of, infor- like, piece of yeah, information that's, like, dropped on your head like an anvil. Um, so, yes, like, I, I think that that could be enough, potentially. Um, but I do think, I, I, I know watching it, like, there were spots where I was like, I think the pandemic, uh, prevented this bit from being expanded upon and like that was kind of a bummer so it it just felt like there were a couple of bit a couple of pieces of the show that were not quite there because of the pandemic and i know falcon and the winter soldier like they talked at length about it afterwards where they were just like you know we had all these problems we had to like i think they were in prague and then all of a sudden they they the lockdown started and they just had all gotten there i think they'd been there for a week and then they were like, oh, oh, no, like we have to we have to get out of here. Like we have to we go have home. To go. Otherwise, we may not be able to come home. And so they had to get like 100 people back to the U.S. It's it was a whole thing. I mean, it was really tough. Um, so that's so, why it sucked. Well, they so they ended up having to build if you got if anyone is listening and has not. Um, we can, I think we can say like end of spoiler chat, right? Like, like 10, yes, 10, yeah, 20. Yes. Yeah. There's time. Ten ish minutes. In. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you haven't seen the um, the uh, making of Falcon and Winter Soldier, that behind the scenes show that they, that they do on Disney Plus, they they talk about um, how they had to recreate parts of like Prague and like I think was it I forget the other it was like a it was somewhere else that they were also shooting um, and they had to kind of recreate a lot of that out, just outside of Atlanta, like in the suburbs. Yes. Which is wild to me, like, that they were able to do that. Like, what a heavy lift. uh, Yeah, also, like, I grew up in the Atlanta suburbs and does not look like Prague at all. No. not even close. Um, uh, So, yeah, I think think that probably, I mean, I I was being facetious and that was why it sucked. Mm -hmm. I think it sucked for a lot of reasons, but I'm sure that didn't help uh, with the process at all. I think that— Man, I, I I really would have loved that as a movie, like Black Widow. I think it would have been a really nice movie. Or a longer TV show. I, like, I don't know. I, I liked it. I just didn't... Um, I I think the... I would have liked to have seen um, just a, a little bit more. And I had an issue with one thing that they did at the end where it was like, <laughs> Bucky tells Sam... He's like, do the do the work. You have to, I learned, you have to like do, or no, I'm sorry. Sam tells Bucky, do the work. Like, he's like, you gotta do the work. And like, to me, doing the work for Bucky would be actually sitting down and going to therapy. <laughs> like, right. he literally like leaves his therapist. He's <laughs> like, yeah, I don't need you anymore. I'm done. I'm gonna go do some work. <laughs> I'm just like, right. wait, 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 come back. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's fair. Um, I, I think for me, the problem with, with Falcon Winter Soldier was that I thought WandaVision was so good. 
and it was not what mm-hmm. I expected from a Disney Plus Marvel show. And then Falcon Winter Soldier was exactly what I expected from a from a you know um, Disney Plus Marvel show, and I was That's just fair. like, really, there's nothing here. Um, like we I, had this I liked really it. interesting show, and then I, we had this. I think um, one of the things that uh, has seemed very polarizing online is the uh, the whole like people either really like or really don't like some of these shows. And I think a big part of it is, at least from a couple of friends, um, anecdotally, is that they, they're not, they're not, they're expecting a certain thing and they get something else. So like you were saying, like, I think a lot of people were hoping WandaVision, if they had the opposite problem you did, where they were like, well, WandaVision, I don't really like it because it's not what I expected from an MCU property. And then, and then, you know, then Falcon and the Winter Soldier come out like, this is exactly what I want. Like, oh man, it's action packed. It's really fun. And, you know, it's, and so I, but I do think that, um, you know, the MCU is a, is a rolling stone that, that has no moss. It has, it grows no moss. It's just continually moving, building. Um, it is, it is quite literally like playing a game of Fortnite. Like they're just like building, building, building like action all the time. Like it's always building towards something. And so, I, I do think that some, I think people used to a traditional TV model where, you know, you have your just your typical season of television or or a single season or like a limited series. I think that is its own ex- set of expectations. And then you have the MCU expectations. And then you have uh, the expectation of keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, keep setting up the next thing. And so right. it's, it's a lot of spinning plates. I think it's a lot of spinning plates. It's tough. It's I, I can't imagine being a part of the creative brain trust of Marvel Studios. Like, it just seems... It seems like a lot. I mean, it seems. I mean, it seems really fun. I would love to be in that. You know that that variety act where you're literally spinning five thousand plates all at one time. Like that's kind of amazing. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it seems like it's it's really hard to to kind of do that and please all audiences or all expectations. Well, I think that's the thing is is the, is the trying to and I just was really hot on the mic there. I think that's the thing. I think trying to please all the audiences has got to be really hard, especially when you are by definition pretty much kind of going for the most broad audience thing possible. Mm. Uh, because these are as Martin Scorsese as he said and I people got mad at him but he was completely right. They are like cookie cutter. They are like a very much like assembly line like made in like a factory system model. Like they are. That's that's not I don't think well, that's Well, I mean there's a reason them. they're insanely popular is because Absolutely. they they work for everybody and it's like they it's, do. You know, yeah, that- exactly. And and so you need to be kind of as broad as possible. That was why I personally really liked WandaVision and I also liked Loki, but especially mm-hmm. WandaVision because I felt like it was not what I expected. It wasn't mm-hmm. as dark as Jessica Jones on Netflix, um, but it was a lot deeper and a lot more interesting than I expected. Yeah. And and it it didn't follow. I mean, they had some of the same tropes and and like they tried with the the finale to kind of do some of the normal Marvel stuff, but it was yeah. not the, the typical MCU thing at all, which is why I thought the finale was actually the weakest point of the series, but I thought it was really strong and hmm. um, why I was glad it got nominated for so many Emmys. But um, yeah, but but I think that that's um, but that's a good point about Loki, just about the, the fact that uh, the characterization wasn't quite what we'd come to expect. Yeah, and I I, I do think we that's the other thing. I think we all expected a single season, right? So we yes. all wanted well, that's it wrapped actually up a good and point too. Wrapped we up might be- with a bow. 
And we didn't. We got it. Now we're getting a second season. So we're now getting a second season. Traditional so. TV now. So we can call Loki traditional TV. It, it ended exactly as a television series should, which is on a great cliffhanger that yeah. answered a lot of questions, but didn't like if but they had ended up a whole bunch of new ones. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I think I thought it was very effective for what it wants to be and what it is. I think it's very. Uh, very oh, I agree. No, I thought I thought Loki was good. I'm definitely going to watch the second one. Yeah. I'm all, all right. about it. All right, so this episode of Overtired is brought to you by Text Expander. Work smarter, not harder with Text Expander. So, Text Expander is an app that I love, that Brett loves, um, that it works on all your devices and it expands short abbreviations into full text snippets. It's an app that I personally could not live without on my Mac and my iPhone. It is also available on Windows and as a web app. And Text Expander helps you work faster and smarter so you can focus your time on your most important work. So with just a few keystrokes, your Text Expander keeps you cons- consistent, accurate, and working efficiently. So you can speed through emails with snippets containing fill-in fields that you can then trigger with just a couple of keystrokes. And then what's cool is that the fill-in fields make it possible to customize a snippet. So every time you use it, you only have to change, you know, the parts that you need to. And using Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations can streamline and speed up everything you type. And it helps you get your messages right every time. Expand content that corrects your spelling and keeps your language consistent with just a few keystrokes. I use it a lot for different, um, like, uh, command line terminal things that I do, especially if I'm repeating them a lot, like in a, in a live setting or a presentation setting where I have like a set thing that I don't want to memorize the full range of commands. So I just use a text expander snippet. It works awesome. Overtired listeners get 20% off their first year. Visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about text expander. Okay. So, um, are you watching any other TV right now? Um, Ted Lasso is coming out this Friday. Do you have screeners? I don't have screeners. I don't have screeners. I'm very sad I don't have screeners. I'm Me bummed. Too. Me um, too. But also, it's one of those things where sometimes I'm grateful for not having screeners because I'll just binge the whole thing. And then, right. and then where are we? You know, and then it's over and I'm sad. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a good point. I hate that. But at the same time, I'm also like, but I want to know. I know. Uh, I know. I know. I think they only gave, it looks like they gave the press the first eight of 12 episodes, mm-hmm. at least based yeah. according to the reviews. Everybody seems positive so far. Everybody's Everybody like, because everybody's really like positive. cautiously optimistic. They're like, it was You know so what good. other reviews up. came out today that are extremely positive? Yeah, that's what I'm it's, saying. I, I, re- I read them and I was like, okay. I, I was trying, I was even trying not to spoil myself too much. I just wanted to be yeah. like, it's still just good, right? It. And they're like, dip yeah, it. it's still good. Yeah, that's I. That's how I feel about um, Psychonauts Two. Has a bunch of previews, like extended previews, and I'm like, I'm not going to read these. I can't. I can't. I want to be surprised next month. Like, I gotta gotta be ready. But um, you know what else got really good uh, advanced screening reviews is the new He-Man animated series that Kevin huh. Smith won. It's getting rave reviews from literally everyone I've seen this morning in my timeline that reviewed it. Interesting. I've you know heard what? it captures the heart of the original and somehow uh, also adds stakes, which I did not think was possible. But apparently when you're a He-Man super fan like Kevin Smith, you can, in fact, do that. So, um, yeah, pretty cool. I'm excited about that. I, and that was one that really wasn't on my radar. Like, I, Same. I, I, I vaguely kind of remember He-Man. Like, I had a He-Man toy that I really liked. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, it wasn't one of those, like, essential parts of my childhood. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I didn't really care one way or another, 
but I am glad to hear that it's good. And he he does seem like he would be the right guy of anybody to, yeah. to do it. Yeah, I think so. I, I was a huge He-Man kid. Like, I loved He-Man when I was a kid. <laughs> I would yeah. go running around yelling, like, I have the power. I like, have. So, I yeah, mean, I, I did. It. It's just, I was so little that I, like, yeah. I remember it, but it's just, it's one of those things that's kind of faded Vague. into time, mm-hmm, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's also, it's, it's like Transformers, you know, the, there are these things that were, like, created to sell toys. Mm-hmm. And some of it, like, Ugh, lives better in cartoons. Your, right. And sometimes, like, it holds up better in your memory than, you know, actually, you know, like, what? Correct. Yes. Oh, it's terrible. I mean, it's, I think we can all agree it's, it's all bad. But it's, like, it's, you know, but it, it, I respect it for the way it made me feel at the time. Right? Like, that's, that's the way I choose to look back at it. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think um, so I'm looking forward to that. So no, that's interesting that people like that because people can go either way with him too, you know? Yeah. And, and so, so that, that's the fact that you saw everybody being positive. That's a good sign. Yeah, everybody, I mean, my whole timeline this morning is full of people. It's, this is great. It's a, an excellent con- continuation. Like, I mean, just, yeah, lots of complimentary reviews about it. So now I'm more excited than I was, which I was like, oh, I'll check that out. Like I was, I was interested um, what is that? What does that mean? The Leo DiCaprio meme? Uh, you know, now you have my attention. Yeah, now you have my attention. Yeah. Now you have my attention. So you piqued my curiosity, but now you have my attention. That's, I mean, I'm, I'm into it now. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I'll, I definitely like, I'm not, I'm not going to say that I'm going to watch it, but it's definitely higher on the prob- probability that I'll watch versus where it was before. Yeah, same, same, same. I mean, I'm, I'm going to, I'll check it out for sure. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. You, so what do you, I'm so like we don't have screeners. We have no yep. screeners for anything. So what are we actually watching right now? <laughs> uh, um, I, I just finished Physical and uh, I thought that was really good. That's a tough watch, but good. That was Very a tough good. watch. Yeah, it was, but it was, it was good. She's just really good. Oh, she really is amazing. Just amazing. Um, I've been watching, this is really uh, two things. Um. I've been, like, checking out Spycraft on Netflix, which is about, like, the history of, like, spy. Every episode is dedicated to, like, a different aspect of espionage. And so they do, like, you know, um, gadgets. They do, like, listening devices. Then they do um, encoding, like, encryption-type stuff where they talk about, yeah, like, so each episode is, like, a different type of or a different aspect of espionage. Um, they do like not the femme fatale, but they're like, oh, and then there's like the, you know, the, the spies who use like sex to get information. And like, they're like, it's, it's really fascinating. It's and very well-made. Um, and then another docu-series, we, we like docu-series in this house. I like, I, yeah, I like them too. We're watching the, uh, the Paul McCartney thing on Hulu. Um, I think it's called three, two, one. With Rick Rubin, produ- uh, you know, iconic producer Rick yeah. Rubin, uh, where they go through uh, so a lot of the Beatles catalog, but they're also now going through some of uh, Paul's catalog with Wings and stuff like that. Um, but they go through the songs and they are listening to like the actual like studio masters, and he talks about like how how they came to be, what like little stories about them, like how the melodies came up, like where they found certain sounds. Really fascinating if you love music, but also, I mean, if you love the Beatles, if you love music, if you love making songs by yourself, like, I mean, it's just really good and so well-produced and 
just terribly fascinating. And and it's so simple. Like the series itself, very simple, um, but so effective. Really, really good. That's really, really interesting. Okay, I didn't even know this was, this was a thing. Um, just came out. Okay. So it just came out. It's really right. amazing. Well, because I, I love him. Um, who doesn't? I think if you don't, like there's something wrong with you, honestly. Yeah. Um, but I also love Rick Rubin. So yeah. I'm excited so about this. It's really, really good. It's um, and it's it's multiple episodes. It's not just like a one hour documentary. It's like they go, they start with like earlier Beatles songs. They go through and like he was talking about how they how they came up with the idea of Sergeant Pepper and like and uh, like on last night's episode they were talking about um, being inspired by the Beach Boys and like Pet Sounds and he, they're like we heard Pet Sounds and we're like whoa we gotta we got to up our game. Like basically it was just like, oh wow, we got up our game. And then, and then they, in response to that album, they made Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, which is like incredible. And then that, that, that was the response. Like, it's just amazing to me. It's just, oh yeah, yeah, we got to make something better. So we're going to make like one of the most iconic albums of all time too. Like that's, that's fine. And then um, it's just, but it was really interesting to hear him. He just, yeah, he's like very candid, just talking about all this stuff and he's playing music and he's like, playing the piano and he talks about like the way the bass comes in like it's it's really good and so so interesting okay i'm excited about this now i love him and and i love hearing like musicians and people talk about their craft and he's always been pretty open about it which is pretty cool yeah i always think about how terrible it is that we didn't get to see this but apparently they used to always announce like when snl was first on the air they would like joke that the Beatles were going to were going to perform like oh we we ran out of time or whatever yeah, yeah. and and that he and John were like watching one night and like we're talking to them, like oh should we just go down there should we just go down to Thirty Rock and just show <laughs> up and, and play yeah. and and they decided not to but like it was something they actually considered in like 1975 or whatever oh, wouldn't that have been just like the best thing ever I mean it would have been amazing it you know. Um, it, it sucks that didn't happen, but I also kind of love that like they they at least thought about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I was in that position, I think I'd definitely think about it too, right? I would hope so. I think that I would. Um, uh, I don't know. I think it depends. I think it depends. Like, I think I definitely would, but I could also understand why there would be people who'd be like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of done with all this stuff. I don't care. That's fair. I mean, and it was late at that point for the Beatles, and so I could see where— they would I mean, be they, like, no. Nah, yeah, I mean, I mean, they were it. they were over, but I guess they were like mm-hmm. in a good like mental place. Yeah, they were they were they were uh, talking at that point. They were they they were friends at that. point. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, that, that's that's what I think would probably be the most important thing is like, are we um, like speaking to each other or not? And I was like, yeah, yeah we're yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, um, that's really what I'm watching right now. Like, we're not like Loki's over. We saw you know we watched Black Widow. That was awesome. That was really yep. good. We loved that. Um, but yeah, I just, I've actually been playing a lot of games. So. What have you been playing? Um, actually, before we do that, let me, um, segue into our next ad read and then we'll get into games because there's a lot of gaming news and Lots. Netflix is getting into games oh and gosh, Steam yeah. has a weird thing and there's all kinds of stuff, but, but I want to hear what you're playing. But first let's talk about Notion. So, Uh, This episode is sponsored by Notion, the all-in-one team collaboration software that combines note-taking and document sharing and wikis and project management and much more in a simple, easy-to-use tool. And it might sound like an old word, that, that word being wiki, but 
teams today need a central hub for their information and work more now than ever. And so this is where Notion comes in. It's one place for notes, one place for docs, projects, everyday work, and it goes way beyond a normal wiki. And it's the only place where every team from engineering to sales can work together seamlessly. There are over 500 integrated apps, including Google and Slack, and you can collaborate in real time and you can tailor workflows to your team's specific needs and share with ease. So hundreds and hundreds of teams worldwide are already saving time, getting more done, and delighting their employees with Notion. Plus, Notion has a worldwide community of millions of users creating templates, tutorials, and new inspiration so that the product is getting better all the time. Now, as I'm sure that you know, software with strong community behind it is software that stays. So you can find out how Notion may be the missing piece that your team needs to fully unlock the promise of and remove the pain from remote work. Notion is currently running a special offer to listeners of the show. So go to notion.so and use the promo code OVERTIRED to get $250 off its annual team plan. So that's multiple months for free for your growing team. Don't forget that Notion.so and enter the promo code OVERTIRED during checkout. Get collaborating with $250 off Notion.so and use the promo code OVERTIRED. I've used Notion over the years. It's really good. It's like a completely like app that's completely my shit, Brett shit. So give it a shot. Notion.so, use the promo code OVERTIRED for $250 off your team's plan. Okay, Ashley, let's talk about games. What games are you playing right now? Games, 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 games. Uh, I'm playing the new Skyward Sword uh, remake on Switch. The Legend of Zelda. That's not new. The old Legend of Zelda (laughs) Skyward Sword (laughs) remake uh, on Switch, which is very nice. Um, And then I also just picked up, uh, it's a kind of like a twist on JRPGs called Chris Tales. It's gorgeous. Um, I haven't played a ton of it, but uh, I started it uh, yesterday. It came out yesterday, so it's uh, brand new, and it looks, I mean, really, it looks stunning. And then um, I also picked up Death's Door. I don't know if you've heard of this game. I haven't. It's, man, everyone I know who likes indie games, I really like indie games. So uh, if you love indie games, this game is about, um, you're a crow, (laughs) you work you work in the afterlife with other crows, like it's a business, and you have to go collect souls. Your crow collects souls. And you have to go get this one big soul, and then it gets taken away. So the whole story starts. But uh, yeah, you work with a bunch of crows in the afterlife to collect people's souls and stuff. So it's, uh, it's terribly good, and um, I highly recommend it. And I, I want to say right now it's like it's like 16 bucks on the Microsoft store. It's it's not expensive. It's under $20. I think it's okay. on sale right now, but it but once it is not on sale, it will be 20 bucks. So it's it's not an expensive game. Um I would say Skyward Sword is a full $60 game. Uh so be sure you want to play it. Like don't be I would say if you're not 100% on it, watch some Twitch streams, like, you know, make sure you want to spend your your hard-earned cash. Uh, but yeah, that's what I'm playing right now. And then, you know, I, I'm still beating my head against Returnal, which, you know, I'm, I'm ugh, man, I, they really need a save feature. And I, I'm sad to say that because I love it, but I can't save. So and some of these runs now, because I'm in later areas are taking hours and I just don't have the time to sit down and like 
really commit to a huge play session most of the time. So, and it's like I can't play until late, late, late at night in Returnal because you get sloppy. And that's when, right. as soon as you start making mistakes, your gets over. Like you get one run, you get one life, one run, that's it. So, uh, yeah, you can't can't be sloppy. And um, and so yeah, Returnal has been tough to uh, to get time with. Um, and I can't really play until my kid goes to sleep, which is out seven at night. So once I am done eating dinner, I'm looking at a run that might take me into like you know midnight, one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Just one run, one good run could take me, you know. Three to three to four hours. So, uh, yeah, and it's just you know. So I've kind of back and forth on that. I'm playing Ratchet and Clank too, which is just delightful. So Returnal is like, is that a design decision? Like that they yes. don't want a safe system, so they just are basically like, we want to go back to old school games from like the mm-hmm. '80s. Yeah. Well, it's it's a combination of these like really tough roguelikes, um, like Hades, where like mm-hmm. you're designed to die. Like the the game is the. Part of the game mechanic is you're, you you die. Like, that's just how it is. The, the world that you exist in is very difficult to survive in. And, like, as you die, you get better and better and better. And then, you know, at some point, you have a lot of upgrades available to you. And then you can, you know, really kind of not burn through the game because I'm still, you know, I'm dozens of hours in and I'm still not burning through the game. But... Uh, but it's easier, right? So it's like you can you can pick up some some things that make it a little bit easier. There's an astronaut figure that allows you to like uh, you get a second life basically. Um, and then there is a uh, there's a device in game that costs like a currency that you can earn called ether, called a reclaimer, and that will allow you to. It's sort of like a save point. Uh, it'll put you back if you die. Uh, it'll put you back there, but with none of the progress that you made after you use the reclaimer. So, like, you kind of, and you can only use it one time. So, uh, well, that's not true. I just don't like spending ether. But um, I just, uh, but yeah, it's 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 very punishing, and and they really want you to complete a run in a single a single play session. I mean, like, it's a big game. Like it's a big game. All of the areas are like procedurally generated, and so there's a there's an element of randomness to it. So you could be having an amazing run, and then all of a sudden, you just fall into a room that has sort of a like sub boss who just wrecks you, and then you're dead, and now it's over. Like it's just you spent like three hours playing, and you you know you thought you were gonna go get a a bonus chest, and it ended up being a boss, and it just like you know beats the life out of you because you have the wrong gun for the wrong boss or whatever because you weren't expecting it, and then you die, and that's it, and then you're back to square one again. <laughs> are you are you going Brutal. to get the Steam Deck? Did you pre-order the Steam Deck? I did. Yeah. Man, why am I such a sucker, Christine? I- I did too, and I don't even know if I want one, but Same. the FOMO is $5. We'll see. I'm not convinced exactly—well, I'm actually positive it's not going to ship when they claim it's going to ship. So we'll we'll see when it's available. Yeah, I—so I think they keep saying, like, Q1 of next year, and I am very curious to see if they can hit that with all of the chip shortages. Yes, that's my big question. So for anybody who hasn't been listening, Steam Deck is Steam. That is Valve's big uh, attempt to basically be like, hey, we have, um, we're going to be making like a Game Gear, basically. We made a Game Gear. (laughs) People have been calling it the Gabe Gear, which I think is the perfect name. That's amazing. They should have just called it that. I agree. I think if they'd call it the Gabe Gear, then the the name would have been significantly better, to be totally honest. Uh, The Steam Deck is just a weird name because I I confuse it with the Stream Deck. Same. Elgato must have seen just an insane amount of 
search results, SEO on, on the day they announced it last week on like Thursday. Totally. Also, when they did that, uh, they in, they introduced a new um, stream deck. Yeah, it was. And they had a new stream deck, a camera last Friday. It was like it, within like a day, Elgato was in the news and so was Steve. Right. So it, was, it was like everything. It was a long day for journalists who cover both items. So very long. I'm sorry. Days. I'm sorry. Like, I, 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 I definitely like, I'm, I'm very feeling for you in that case. So many retakes on the video we made. I was like, it's the stream deck, steam deck. Like, it's, it's just, you hear me deck. yelling from inside my office. Yeah, no, I'm excited about it. Although, like, again, like, I'm not convinced they're going to make the ship date at all because valve time and, and everything. Um, mm-hmm. But, but it is interesting. I mean, it's like a full-fledged PC and I think it can't held. Yeah, it's so for those who have not caught up on this, the Steam Deck is imagine if a lower, let's say a mid-range, like a mid-range uh PC and a Switch had a baby and a Game Gear had a baby. So, it's got the controls on the sides, they're fixed, you can't take them off like Joy-Cons. And then you have the screen in the middle, it's a 7-inch screen. Um and then there's some touch pads uh, that in uh, their little square touch pads that let you, they have a standard control scheme with the, you know, analog sticks and the, and the controller buttons. And then they also have, you know, your bumpers, your triggers, they have back buttons. Um, but there's touchpad accessibility, the screen's capacitive. So you can use that. You can touch, just touch the screen uh, and you'll have access to your whole Steam library, which is cool. Uh, but in the developer interviews, IGN got an exclusive on it. There was a uh, a moment where they basically said, you know, this is a computer and it, it runs on SteamOS, but if you wanted to, you could, you know, ostensibly erase, you could format the entire thing and install Windows on it, like if you wanted to. It is cool that you can install like Windows and stuff on it and use it as kind of a full machine, which is not typically how these types of things work. Yeah, yeah. It's a, usually it's a, you know, it's a locked-in, walled garden, you know, no, 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 no installing any third-party software. We don't want anybody messing with our stuff. But, I mean, you know, Steam is all about, you know, they're, oh, we want you to have freedom. We want you to be able to, there are games, like, apparently that just aren't going to work on it. So, right. uh, I know I saw, like, Apex is one of the games that's like, no, we're not going to, we're not going to be doing that. So, very curious if, um, if this thing sells, like, hotcakes, uh, which, you know, based on the pre-orders, it is only a $5 deposit. And, you know, yeah, I don't know how thing. many people are going to order one. Yeah, that's that's the interesting question. And then the pre-order process was kind of crappy. Like, their servers yeah. crashed, yeah. and, and, and that was a whole bad. thing. And, and I did think the $5 deposit thing was smart because it, in theory, would prevent scalpers from getting in on it, um, yeah. uh, at least for the first few days. After they open it up to everyone, all you need to do is open up endless numbers of Steam accounts, add money right. to a Steam wallet, and and you can you know pre-order to your heart's content. But um, but that still takes a little more time. But I did think that that well, was and a they smart had that thing. gate on um, on you know they said you had to have a Steam account created before June. Right. But well, that was Which for the first. Brilliant. That was for the first couple of days, and then I think mm-hmm. after that they were like, it doesn't matter how old your account is. Yeah, it was two days. I think it was like first forty eight hours. Right. Which was smart. So that's good. Yeah, so hopefully, you know, the people who actually want one can get one. It's just going to be a matter of when are they going to actually put it out or not. But yeah. yeah, like you, I did I did put the $5 down. We'll we'll see. I hate myself already, 
because I don't play enough games, honestly, to justify it. And I have a gaming PC and I have a PS5 and I have an Xbox Series X. Yeah, and I have see, a that's where I'm at. And I'm, I'm like, I don't like, do I, I don't, need another thing? I, I don't. don't I don't. I don't think I do. I know I don't. But so so for me, I'm kind of like, all right, I put my five dollars down. I have my reservation. If by the time I get my like, hey, do you want to buy this thing? That might be when I'm like, actually, you know what? I'm gonna say no. Yeah, yeah. I I I think I mean, obviously part of my pre-ordering is because, you know, for work. Totally. But but also, I mean, personally, like I don't I guess it would be nice if you could do like GeForce Now on it. Yes. Or like Stadia. Like that or seems like a thing. Like Game Pass. Pass. I would yeah. love Game Pass on it because then it's like, oh hell yeah, like portable. Basically it's a switch for your Xbox. Like that I, I would, would be, be cool. I, I would be down with that. Like Yeah. Like that yeah. seems cool. Like I like that. And it's like, oh, if I went to CES, I could have the Steam Deck and then play Halo, you know, mm-hmm. play Halo Infinite from my hotel room and play it, you know, online and like not have any and it would look amazing. Like that I'm into. Like I'm really into that. So it'll it remains to be seen whether or not who supports this thing, who's who's gonna jump all in on, you know, their software, their games, their app stores, uh, and who uh, who else is going to be like, ah, we're not going to go out of our way, but if you wanted to install stuff and see if it worked, that's not our problem. Right, right, yeah. Um, and we haven't really, I mean, we've seen, they've, they've attempted hardware before and it's failed, you know, um, Pretty spectacularly, yeah. Steam yep. Machine, Steam Link. Yeah, uh, I mean, the just, controller. yeah. Yeah. Pretty bad. Pretty pretty not great. And they're the Google of hardware, I feel like. It's like <sighs> every time they come out with something and everyone's like, oh, yeah, okay, this is cool. And then, like, Google Google always does this. They're like, oh, hey, yeah, about that. We're actually just going to stop supporting it now because this was an experiment and uh, nobody wants it, actually. And um, so we're just going to we're just going to end of life it. Sorry, everyone right. who's actually still using it. Like, our bad. Um, were you at the Steam Machines launch at CES? I was not. They had this amazing rooftop party in Vegas. That's like my big memory of that. That they had like big ice sculptures and stuff. And it was very fancy. And I was like, cool. You know, like they're really committed to this. And they were showing off kind of prototypes and this and that. But they were also being real cagey about price and about other stuff. And and there was like this feeling in the back of my mind where I was like, this doesn't quite seem together. But then I was like, but it's Valve. You know, this is before we saw that they— this was their first foray into this, and so we didn't really know what to to trust or distrust. And, and I will admit, I was I was skeptical, but I was also like, "Wow, it was a good party." That was that was really my big takeaway, to be totally honest. Is Look, I remember I the party. love a good CES, like fancy CES party. Um, I mean, C- CNET throws legendary parties every year at yes. CES. We had we like I think the first year it was right before I got hired. The first year they had a party. It was. Um, I think it was Jane's Addiction. Uh, and then they we've had like Snoop and Beck and last uh, the last physical CES I attended, so not this one, but the one before it, um, was Janelle Monet. Oh wow. Uh, which she was just she's great. Oh my God. I was like almost crying. It was a religious experience. Um, and then I mean, we've had like some really amazing artists. So we've had Blink 182 at a bowling alley and like um was it was it Blink? No. Was it somebody else? No, I think it was yes, it was I think it was Blink 182. Wow. I feel I I'm pretty sure because Lenny Kravitz was scheduled. 
to like play. Right. And then all of a sudden, like two days before or like the day before, I don't know. It was like very shortly beforehand. Um, Lenny got quote unquote sick and TMZ had pictures of him on a beach in Hawaii. Ah. (laughs) So we had to replace him like very quickly. And so it was like, I think I want to say that was the year Blink-182 played, but I remember, I think I was sick that year or like something I had like, you know, maybe I had CES flu or something like that. It was just a real thing. Yeah. Oh, it's real. Um, and uh, people think that COVID started. It started at CES. I, I'll, I'll guarantee that. I mean, like, I'm not going <laughs> to say that. Phones at CES are a Petri dish. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to say that it didn't start there, right? Like, yeah, I know that it yeah. didn't, but I'm not going to say. I mean, it, Are like, we sure? Exactly. Because. Are we sure? Uh, yeah. When I used to do CES and NAB, both of them every oh, year. Brutal. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, I know. Way too much time at the Vegas Convention Center, honestly. Yeah, um, like, yeah. you were just I, sick all year. That's basically basically, and and also it just means you've been like in that area just way too much for any single person. It's just you know, I think the mistake a lot of people make when they go to CES for the first time is they don't think about how many people are touching the things they're also touching, mm-hmm. and so it ends up being like. So the first year I went to CES, I got so sick, like so sick. And I just didn't, it just didn't occur to me that the phone that I was handling had probably been handled by 10,000 other people in the last right. day. Right. People who and don't have great hygiene always, no, right? Like, no. And, and then it's like, you know, you're going from appointment to appointment. So it's like, unless you're going to the bathroom, you don't think about like, oh, I need to go out of my way to wash my hands. Um, and so then I, then I started the next year I had thought about it and I was like, okay, I need to have an action plan. (laughs) I have to have a germ action plan. And actually I have found this is the best way to protect yourself at conventions like that. I mean, if you want to wear masks and stuff, that's a whole other thing, but, um, just set a timer, set a reminder on your phone every hour and just go wash your hands for 30 seconds every hour. See, that's brilliant. That also gives you, like, every hour you get, like, a little Just get out. Yeah, just get out. Take a second. Wash your hands. Just take a second. Because the thing is, is you don't realize how many times a day you touch your face. Mm -hmm. That's that's the big thing. It's like, you know, you touch all those gross phones and tablets. And then, then, yeah. And and then you touch your face. Exactly. Yeah. That's a great point. So. All right. So we are uh, coming up on time, but before we close out, I just want to give a read to our final sponsor of this episode, HelloFresh. HelloFresh offers convenient, contact-free delivery, which is very important as we were just talking about, you know, keeping safe, keeping clean. Uh, it has contact-free delivery right to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family. And it cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so that you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in just 30 minutes or less. There's something for everyone to enjoy with all recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. And it's not just convenient, you can save money too. HelloFresh is 28% cheaper than shopping at your local grocery store and 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal. So when you cut planning and shopping out, cooking a healthy meal every day becomes super easy and delicious. You can eat delicious, nutritious food every day from a wide variety of recipes, and you don't have to go to the grocery store unless you really want to. So you can go to HelloFresh.com slash Overtired14 and use the code Overtired14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. 
There's a reason that HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Find out why and get up to 14 free meals with free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash Overtired14 and use the code Overtired14. Okay, so your CES game plan, or I guess any big convention game plan, E3 too, I guess, assuming that ever returns in mm-hmm. person, have an alarm on your phone, wash your hands every hour. Um, did you, were you able to escape getting COVID or, or did you, did you get it? We, so I don't know. And here's okay, why. That's the question. Okay. I don't Tell know. Me. And here's why. So, um, interestingly enough, I came back from maternity leave in November of 2019 mm-hmm. after I had my son. I feel like I have been in lockdown for like over two years because, right, because I had my like, kid at the end of June in 2019, did not leave my house for really any extended period of time like in that four months after. And then the holidays came, which we stayed home. We were like, I think we, the kid had gotten a cold at daycare or something. So we stayed home. And then, and then literally he was in daycare full time for two months, (laughs) like not even two months. And then um, he had a really high fever one day and we were like, oh gosh, like, okay, well I'll bring him home. And his fever was really high for a couple days. Then it was really low for a few days. And I think it turned out he had, like, a really nasty ear infection in both ears. Oh, no. Um, I made the mistake of—we didn't we didn't really know this. Like, there are some things you just, like, don't get taught when you have a new kid. Like, even in the classes and stuff, like, they don't teach you to not lay them flat when you feed them. Like, they have to be elevated a little bit. Otherwise, like, we, we don't get ear infections as adults because we are vertical. Gravity mm-hmm. pulls our ear tubes down— and so we don't get ear infections most of the time because of that. But babies uh, don't stand up, obviously. And so when before they're walking, they tend to have more ear infections because of that, because the gravity is not pulling their tubes down. Interesting. So when you feed them like completely flat or hor- like horizontal, that liquid in their you know sinus cavity and everything, it's just not draining properly like or whatever that is maybe it's like the suction i'm not a hundred look i'm not a doctor i don't i don't even pretend to be able to describe exactly what happens but our pediatrician said basically because you're feeding him uh flat he's laying flat he's he's more prone to ear infections that way you got to like elevate him when you feed him so but he had he had a couple ear infections but then we got really sick and like we had, and that was in late February, early March. I want to say it was right. like March 11th. It was like, or the week before we went into like a lockdown in California. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really even consider the fact that we might have had COVID. I had a cough for a while, for like weeks after. And uh, Jimmy had a whole bunch of, and it was weird too, because when we took Wolfie to the pediatrician, she's like, I would bet anything he has the flu. He has all the symptoms. And she swabbed him. They did a nose swab for the flu. And she was like, huh, that's so weird. He doesn't have the flu. He's negative for the flu. I don't know what the, maybe it's a, maybe there's something else going on. At the time, there were just no, there were no tests. Right. There were no COVID tests, especially not for babies. Absolutely. Absolutely. we think it's possible that maybe we got COVID like at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, but if if we didn't, uh, then if we did not get it at the beginning, we have not contracted it since. 
Yeah, I'm in kind of a similar thing where I I think that there's, I feel like my, I feel like Grant, my husband, might have had it because he had like the no no taste thing, and mm-hmm. he had like a pretty bad sick thing. And I came back from I'd, I'd been overseas. Um, I had two overseas trips. Um, in oh, wow. uh, I, I was in South Africa at the end of January, and then I was in Australia and South Korea and Singapore in February. Oh man. Um, and so, um, well, thanks, Christina, for yeah. kicking off the pandemic. You yeah, did. exactly. Basically, yeah, I was supposed to be in Zurich at like the first week of March, and I was oh about to go God. to the airport, and then they canceled. You're and like, no, well, and I was annoyed because I was going to go to um, London for the weekend first, and I was going to see Sarah Bareilles on mm-hmm. the West End and waitress, like her like final performance Ugh. run. And my friend, and it's his fault. He was the one who like convinced me. He was like, "Oh, just just come early for the weekend, and it was actually going to be cheaper for me to fly to London and then fly to Zurich and then fly back." And he was the one who told me that the the Zurich trip had been canceled. I was about to leave for the airport. I'm like, "You're an idiot! If you hadn't told me this, I wouldn't have realized until I was already at the airport." At which he point, would I would have just flown to. I still would have flown to London. Like at that yeah. point, I've already checked in. I'm in the lounge. Like, what do you want me to do? Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? So I would have just gone to London and I would have been I would have been great. But because he told me I had to do the responsible thing and cancel my trip. He was like, "Go oh, just just he was like just go anyway." I'm like, "It's like $5,000, dude. I'm not I'm not doing that. Like if if the company wants mm-hmm. to pay, cool, but like I'm not I'm not But yeah, you don't want to take that. I'm not paying that. Like I no. You don't want to take that risk. No, absolutely. So, um and I wasn't even worried about getting sick. I was just like, you know, I was at a concert. Uh, the day before they shut down New York City, so uh, <laughs> that that shows how how seriously I was taking everything. Um, but uh, but but Grant was like, I had a cold, I had like a runny nose, but I didn't have a cough really. So. Symptoms with a capital S. Yeah, except I mean, I had a runny nose. I had a cold. Like, yeah, it, it didn't yeah. feel like anything else. So if I did, it was minor. I think he might have. He didn't get tested again. It's the same thing. It's like they didn't have tests. We didn't know a whole lot of the the stuff. So yeah, I wouldn't even have known where to go to get a test. Like I, it was just well, yeah. We just were kind of like, oh yeah, there's just this thing that's happening somewhere else. And then exactly. all of a sudden, like two days later, they're just like, hey, everybody, we're locking it down. Everybody, go work from home indefinitely. So, we're like, oh. So before we close out, like they they've shut down LA again, right? So we have. It's not shut down. Um, okay. Everything's still open. It's just. Regardless of vaccination status in Los Angeles County, you should be masked when you're indoors. Okay. So um, outdoors is fine. Like there, I think, I think most of the data is pretty clear that it is very difficult to have outbreaks or transmission outdoors mm-hmm. if you're not literally just like yelling in each other's faces for 15 minutes. Like there are very rare instances of like true large outbreaks in uh, non-crowded outdoor settings. So it's like, you know, if you go to the playground and there's like one other kid there, as long as they're not screaming in each other's faces or licking each other, uh, it's probably fine. But, you know, hey, sometimes that happens. So, Um, but yeah, I think so. It's indoors is like the big one. And they're trying to stop the Delta variant, uh, which is sky. We were doing so well. In June, and then all of a sudden, we were doing Delta so well hit. in June, and then the Delta hit, and then yeah, it's bad. It is bad, and hopefully, I don't know. My only please get ho- vaccinated. If you're that's listening. my whole thing, get vaccinated. Like anybody, like you keep hearing about like these young people who are about to be intubated, and then like mm-hmm. they like ask, they're like, please, can I get, can I get vaccinated? And they're like, it's no. too late. I saw so that like, article this morning too. Yeah, my heart. yeah, yeah. Same. Like I saw that this morning, and I was like, oh man. But also, um, get vaccinated. And if you're not sure, look, if you're listening and you're not sure. 
Okay, which is like, I know I have family members who are still like, I don't know, I'm going to wait and see. Just talk to your doctor. Like, don't don't talk to don't talk to YouTube or Facebook friends. Like, that's not or doctors on Facebook or YouTube. Because here's the thing: like, those people are in it for clout, right? Like, they're they're doing it for engagement. Like, I don't, you know, Doctor Phil doesn't do this because he's a medical doctor doing things out of the goodness of his heart. Like, no, No, he's getting paid. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's making a ton of money off of the fact that people out share outrageous things, whether they're outrageously good or bad. It doesn't matter. So um, and very similar, like the Internet is built on outrage culture. So maybe just like turn the Internet off. Make an appointment at your doctor's office. And if you're, if you're not sure, just, like, ask your doctor all the questions that you have. Like, that that to me is, like, you know, no one should force you to do it, but you should definitely, like, talk to somebody you trust that's, you know, if, if your doctor says, you know what, it's not a good idea for you, you have your immunocompromised, blah, blah, blah. Then, then don't get it. Then that's fine. But, like, you know, talk to your doctor. Ask all the real questions that you have. Like, you know, ask all the real questions. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, ask the real questions. But also at this point, like, uh, there was a great piece, I think, from Matthew Iglesias on his newsletter, his Substack or whatever, where mm-hmm. he was talking about things that we could do to get people to have more vaccines. And one of them is the FDA could just officially approve it. Yeah, and that would be nice. I, and I don't think that that would prevent people who, like— Because, look, I think people who haven't been vaccinated already, I don't think that FDA approval will go any further for that. Here's what it will do. It can then enforce— businesses and places to like make people be vaccinated if it's FDA approved. It can also open up the door for more testing for people under 12. So there are like a lot of things that could happen where I I don't think that like the people who are like in the stall were like, I'm not putting this in my body camp. I don't think that that would change it. I don't think they're going to be like, oh, the government says it's safe. I believe it. Right. Because I think they're already like, I don't believe it. But if the, if the FDA has approved it, then there are other things that can happen. And Mm -hmm. I'm at this point, I'm, I'm all about like, and I'm, I'm a pretty strong like First Amendment person, but, uh, and, I, and I get that this could be like freedom of religion or whatever, but this is a public health crisis and I'm pretty strongly being like, okay, for certain activities and whatnot, you need to, unless there is absolutely like a, a health reason why you can't yeah. be vaccinated. Just and mandate it. You, ha- it ha- you have to have it. Like if well, you I want mean, to do certain look, activities. We we all have small pot. If we if you went to a public school, yeah, and you're our age, you you've had vaccines. Yes. <laughs> you, you've had them. So I, again, like I think you're right in that. Like the FDA could approve it and at least like legitimize the safety of it a little bit more for anybody who might be on the fence and being like, well, I'm waiting for that FDA approval. Um, that's fine. Like whatever. But you know, uh, schools mandating it for kids over the age of twelve. It's like I mean. It, you send your kid to public school, it's a public health crisis. Like, exactly. you, gotta, you have to just then decide. Like, this is not a situation where you get to sort of pick and choose and be like, well, you know, I don't want my kid to be exposed. You know, I'm not going to get them the smallpox vaccine because right. smallpox isn't prevalent anymore. It's like, no, no, there's a reason for that. Like, this exactly. is the, reason. the reason is the vaccine. It's so, like, why do, why do you think measles and other things have like made these comebacks? Yeah. Because people won't yeah. vaccinate their fucking children. Won't vaccinate their kids, man. And it's like with public schools, though, it's like you have to. So yeah. you got to show proof of MMR and all this other stuff. And I think California really kind of clamped down. There was a while where we kind of were sort of 
really willy nilly about like yeah enforcing. I was gonna say yeah I was gonna say I know the enforcement in California it was like very easy place. to get an exemption and now it's yeah. actually quite difficult so well that's good so yeah so I agree and but also I mean I think it would help employers too right because I you know we have this thing like at, at Microsoft where um it's completely voluntary and you don't have to upload proof or anything but you can mm-hmm. self-attest if you've had the vaccine or not and if you've yeah. done that then you don't have to wear a mask indoors um, sure. You do still have to take a health check every day before you enter the office. Like, every single yeah. day before you enter the office. And it's funny, like, if you don't you and you swipe your card in, like, you get, like, a nasty email that oh, like, wow. is, is, like, if you do not take yeah. this self-test thing within 30 minutes, then, you know, we will, like, like, if, if you do it more than once, like, they will revoke your card access. Like, it can go all wow. the way up to, like, like it, it can be a real problem. So you still have to do that regardless. But you you can do this thing where if you voluntarily like self-attest I've had the vaccine, then you don't have to wear a mask indoors, which is great. Yeah. But I would be, I bet a lot more people would be comfortable. Like I'm comfortable going in now and and it's it's open and whatnot. And I don't, I'm, I'm not worried. Um, I also don't live with anybody who's immunocompromised and I don't have mm. like children. So it's, I'm in a different situation, but I would, I bet a lot of people would be way more comfortable if they're like, yeah, the only people who were able to enter the office are people who have been vaccinated. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm good with that. I like, I think I'd read this morning and this is the last thing I'll say on it is like, I had read this morning, somebody who had tweeted, if I'm wrong, all I have done is harmed myself. Right. Like I've just harmed myself. Right. It's like, if I'm wrong and the vaccines are harmful or, you know, whatever, then I've just harmed myself. But if you're wrong person who, you know, refuses to get the vaccine, like you're potentially responsible for hurting a lot more people. Mm-hmm. Like the potential there for harm is very high. Yeah. And and I think the one big thing that I wish we would do in L.A., like this sort of yo-yoing back and forth between like masks, no masks, whatever. Look, just do an outreach program where we put signs in towns as you drive around like near near major parts of city centers that say when L.A. County reaches 85 percent vaccinated, mask mandates are mask indoor mask mandates are lifted. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's it. And then you just, and then you can list, you can even on the sign, just say, go to city dot, you know, losangeles.com or whatever the website is or a QR code or what have you that takes you directly to book a vaccine. It's a site that's like, here's your local vaccination places. Um, make it easy for people and also give them a visual to see like, oh man, like our city is so close to that 85% threshold. Like let's encourage people we know locally. Like the, this last bit, of like percentages of people, there's always going to be a percentage who doesn't or can't be vaccinated. That's fine. But there's an encouragement on a local level that we just don't really have. Mm -hmm. Um, I think at at its most micro, it's on the county level. But it would be really nice on a city level to see like, oh man, like I didn't realize that six, only 60% of people in our city are vaccinated. Like, gosh, that's a lot lower than I thought. Um, maybe I'll, maybe I'll ask some, you know, some, some neighbors or maybe I'll get involved. Like, I do think that there's something to be said for visually showing people like what their local community is doing um, and, and giving people the ability to see that and say, oh gosh, like, wow, that's really low. Maybe I'm going to rethink it. Uh, maybe I'm going to go get it now. Like, or or maybe, okay, it's time. I, I've decided I'm going to go get it. And I, I want to be part of that, you know, 85% because I don't want to wear a mask anymore. And, you know, 
or I don't want any more restrictions. So I just want to be part of that 85%. Just book the stupid appointment and get it over with. Like there are people like that out there. And so I, I do think a visual would be incredibly helpful and also a baseline. Like LA County keeps saying like, well, it's a percentage of people in the hospitals and how many new cases we have. And also it's just like, no, like just, just set a one number. Like it's just right. that one number. Just be like, look, 85% of Los Angeles needs to be vaccinated, period. That's it. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Seattle um, is uh, at a 75.3% people fully vaccinated in King County. And um, and they've done a good job. And, and we had like the largest community uh, run, like max vaccination site um, in the country. And, and I volunteered there a couple of times and, it, and I, was, I was glad to do that. Uh, they, they've since shut down the, the really huge site and they, but they still have other you know, sites open. But I agree with you. Like, I think make it easy to do. And yeah, yeah, so. It's all of the rest of it I had read is like really on a local level with trusted members of the community participating. So it's like churches um, helping their, uh, you know, helping their flock get vaccinated. It's uh, groups of people who meet, um, who might, you know, have a trusted leader in them or among them that can help them get their questions answered uh, and do vaccine drives. Things like that are, are supposedly, you know, really helpful. I mean, in LA County, we we haven't even hit 70%. It's 60, 69.9%. We're very close to 70. Nice. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, Sorry, it's like, I had to make the joke. We only have sixty-two percent fully vaccinated right now in LA County, and that's a bummer. Like that I is think a bummer. We could do a lot better than that. And um, but it's about outreach. I mean, to me, it's about outreach, and it's about it's about allaying people's genuine concerns. Yeah. Right. Like that's irrational stuff aside. Like that's a whole other thing. But like there are people out there with genuine concerns. Like I know a lot of members of the black community have said, I've seen and I know the history of, you know, this, our own government has done things that are unethical to our community. And so, no, I don't, I'm not, I'm waiting. Like Mm -hmm. I, I need more information. And like, I think that that is appropriate and that's completely understandable. Like I'm not in that position, but I understand it. Right. And so to me, it's like, we should be out there or the medical community really should be out there like going out of their way to answer people's questions. And and because they there are people who have genuine concerns and it's just like, OK, well, let's you know, you can't just trust the CDC to like give the information or Dr. Fauci or whatever. It's like, no, like this needs to be people they trust, like trusted people. They know that they see regularly their doctors, you know, their pastors, their uh, you know, all these people that they see on a regular basis, like there are people who could give them better answers um, to allay their concerns, their, their genuine and honest concerns. Agreed. Should we shut up now? We this should, is a long podcast. This has been long, but no, it's been really good. I love talking to you as always. Ashley, where can people find you online? Oh, you know, I'm just a woman about the internet. You can come find me on Twitter. I'm at my, I'm at my name on Twitter. I'm at Ashley Esqueda. Ashley Esqueda on Twitter. Um, and uh, you can um, talk to her about games and uh, uh, various tomfoolery, entertainment, culture, tech, all kinds of great stuff. Your Twitter is amazing. Thank bless you. Bless you for that. It's a, the highest compliment. No, I love your Twitter so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your morning. And um, uh, despite being just like horrendously overtired for talking with me and filling in for Brett, we uh, we miss you, Brett, but it's we always great you. to feel have. Better, Brett. Yes, feel, feel better, better, Brett. Yes, feel better, Brett. We need you to feel better. We do, but I'm also always secretly really glad to talk to you, so. 
sis, I'm not even secret. I openly. <laughs> yeah, I'm like openly just like excited. Just to talk openly to you. and wantonly excited to talk to you. Yes. All right. All right. We'll get some sleep, Ashley. Thanks. Bye. Bye. This system is going down now.